good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of BAM Sports and Entertainment. That's Boris and Matt Sports and Entertainment. And funny enough, those are our names. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Beautiful fall morning here in Tirana in the in the big smoke, Boris. How you feeling today, man? I'm feeling fantastic. Dude, dude, huge news. Huge news. Oh, I fell no. asleep oh, before midnight last night. Hey, Boris getting rest like a human being. There you go. How do you feel today? Feel like I, a new man? I, I woke up at like five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know, that's something. Hit the ground running, yep. I guess. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, but on this <laughs> week's episode of BAM, we have tons of sports and a little bit of wrestling chat. We will be talking about the MLB because it is September. It is when every game can count. We're going to be talking about the NL West, the AL East. Probably the two craziest divisions in baseball today. We're going to be having some Hall of Fame chat. We're going to be chatting some NFL because today, if you are listening on the day that it's released, which is September 9th, it is NFL day one, week one, long season. We'll be chatting a little bit about that. And then we're going to be rounding up the sports talk with some World Cup talk because the first round or the first group of games just wrapped up last night for CONCACAF and uh, yeah we're going to be talking CONCACAF because we are in Canada that's what we should care about CONCACAF and then we're going to be <laughs> in the wrestling portion of the show we're going to be talking the first ever episode of WWF Superstars which they debuted 30 years ago we're also going to be chatting ROH and then we have a huge pick contest to wrap up the show Yes, sir. 35 years ago, Boris, we're friggin' old men, buddy. Uh, September 8th, 1986, Superstars what, debut. What did I say, 30? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Taking five years <laughs> off my life already. Yeah, I'll take I'll take them five years back. No, I think we're doing well. I think we're in a good place here. But anyway, um, yeah, man, uh, lots to talk about. I think we'll also probably briefly touch on AEW All Out just because it was such a spectacular event. Maybe not even go match by match, but just broad just, general thoughts, right? Exactly. In general, in general. Yeah, we but, should probably talk about the rumors that Adam Cole... Uh, what his rumored WWE path was going to be. That'll be fun. We'll touch on that stuff during wrestling portion. I'm very excited for sports portion, especially baseball, man. The Jays are red hot. Dude, oh. a week ago, we were basically, well, a yeah. week ago, we didn't even talk sports. But two weeks ago, we were basically saying Jays are in a make or break week. Last week, they kind of floundered a bit at the start of the week, but the past Eight days or so, they have been probably the hottest team in baseball, beating some pretty damn good teams, having some amazingly fun games, especially last Friday against the A's, down 8-2, I wrote them off, I went to the bar, I wasn't even watching the game, next thing you know, 8-8, and then even then, I still wrote them off, I still said, they're not coming back from this. And they ended up winning with a walk-off. It's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, no, the Jays the past week have just been amazing. It's been so much fun to watch. 
Yeah, absolutely. Such an entertaining team. The lineup, the young guns in the lineup, it's just so great. Flatty, what is he, 41 home runs now? It seems like a team that really gets along. They're really, like, enjoying each other's company. They have fun out there. It's just a fun team to watch. I I love watching the Toronto Blue Jays, man. They are a super fun team, and you have to remember how young they are too, right? Like, they're such a young team still. Reminds me of the Raptors from, like, you know, right, right before the Kawhi trade and then kind of in that Kawhi trade season, you know, it kind of reminds me of that, just the guys gelling and just such a fun team to watch with so many young stars. We don't have like the veteran Kawhi presence really. Although I guess you could argue Semyon, you could argue Springer. They're, they're not MVP level like Kawhi. Semyon's close though. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. He is, he is, um, he's having a hell of a year. It's just like, you know, at this point, what, can the Jays possibly do? Apparently, there's a report over the weekend where we tried resigning him, but that didn't work out. Um, and you know, he's yeah. still in a he is still in a wait and see. Like, let me finish the season. Let me get my numbers. Let's see what I'm worth. Absolutely, and it makes sense. Like he's going to test his value, but the Jays have uh, deep pockets, and I hope we kind of break the bank a little bit, even if it's like a two year deal and just like a slight overpay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, not my money. Like deep pockets, like but even then, what does that mean, right? Like, yeah, our owners are Rogers, but they're not putting every cent into the Blue Jays. No, but they should, Boris. Well, they should, right? Rather than putting it into Rogers Ignite, am I right? Well, hey, Rogers Ignite keeps us powered in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Thanks, Rogers Ignite, for powering this podcast right now. In fact, but yep. uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I'm. Uh, but, okay, I have I, a question I, for you. I have a question for you. Okay, so, uh, Simeon, we don't know what he is going to be worth. You know, we do. Can we, like, in my opinion, we got to do something. We got to try. We got to at least, you know, from an optics point of view, because management right now at the J, Shapiro and Atkins, no matter what they do, people are going to hate them. So everything is about optics with them, in my opinion. And you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um but, you know, if we don't sign Simeon, at the very least, we need to make it very publicly known how hard we tried to sign him. I think that's the key, right, for me. Um, and if we don't sign him, the optics are the important part. But if you had to sign one of these two players, who would you sign, Simeon or Robbie Ray? I can only get one? You can only get one. Because this is um, the reality. I think this is the choice that we're going to have this offseason. Well, in a vacuum, I think Marcus Simeon, I think he's quote unquote better. Not that Robbie Ray's not having a great year. Robbie Ray's doing really well as well. Um, Robbie Ray is slightly younger, but they're both around the same age. They, uh, Marcus Simeon, born September 17th, 1990, he's 30. Robbie Ray, born October 1st, 1991, he's 29. So he's like a year younger. Uh, the only the only thing here is we need the pitching far more than we need Simeon. As dope as Simeon is and as much as he has helped, we can get by without his presence in the lineup because we have so many other dynamic hitters. Like we can afford the loss in the lineup way more than we can afford the loss in the bullpen. So I think we need to sign Ray if we had to make that choice. Yep. I agree hundred percent with you. I think that that's like what's been haunting us over the past few seasons. It's been our pitching, right? I think that in terms of uh, fielding, I think we can make up for it. Like I'm not saying a Simeon is a, 
dime a dozen, right? But you can find an adequate middle infielder a lot easier than you can find a very adequate starting pitcher nowadays, in my opinion, especially someone who would want to play here, especially someone who, you know, who I think would kind of uh, benefit from our system and clearly has benefited from our system, right? And I think he recognizes yeah. this right now, he being Ray. So, you know, and we have people on the bench, you know, we have people like Espinal, we have people like uh, Biju, who we don't exactly know where they're going to play into the system. Um, you know, I'm not saying that it's a direct one-for-one -one replacement, but we have options at the very least. Having said that, you know, the numbers that Simeon are putting up is just ridiculous. Like, it's just absolutely unreal. Oh, yeah, man. He's, like, legitimately, like Montoyo said the other day, he's playing his way into MVP conversation. And that wasn't just manager speak. He legitimately is, like, sneaking his way into the back end of MVP conversation. It has to be Otani. And even then, probably Vlad's ahead of him on his own team. But still, like, Simeon's having an unbelievable season. But he's 30 years old. It's a contract year. I wouldn't want to sign him to like a poo holes deal, you know what I mean? But if we if we like broke the bank to sign both of these guys short term, I think that's the move. You know, and I think it benefits both players too. Although when you're around 30, I think you probably want that long-term bag. I think it could benefit both players. That's and, the thing, right? Like I that that's that's kind of where I'm kind of like iffy on is like and and clearly we're not in the mind of Simeon right now, but like what are you looking for? Are you looking for, you know, clear out victory right now or are you looking for that long term I'm getting up there in age contract? Yeah, I think it's going to be the latter and I I really the more I think about it and the more we have this conversation here, I do kind of think you're right. And I do think the Jays will select Robbie Ray over Semyon. So Semyon, he might leave, you know, yep. he, this might be the end. This might be the one and uh, the one and only run. But boy, what a run it's been, man. Yep. Yep. What a what a one night stand it's been. Yeah, similar to ECW uh, 2005 or a couple that I've had. Over the, no, I'm just <laughs> 2006 wasn't bad, but yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So we'll see what's exactly is going on with the Jays. But right now, what are we? A seven game win streak, longest in a couple years. Uh, final game against the Yankees tonight. It's funny because yep. I was having some conversations with my, uh, well, our good buddy, Kevin O'Leary, who wrote the theme. Thank you so much for that again. Um, and the real we Kevin O'Leary. Yep, we were saying out of the seven games that we had left with the with the Yankees at the start of the week, we needed to win at least five of them. Yeah, and it looks like we're uh, you know hit that goal, so that's pretty good, man. Um, oh, dude, like the schedule coming up is gonna be interesting. So after this Jays game, the Jays or uh, sorry, after this Yankees game, the Jays have four in a row against the Orioles, a four game series. Then they go three against Tampa, three against Minnesota, three more against Tampa, three more against Minnesota, and then the Yankees and the Orioles to close out the season. So yeah. it's a, there's a lot of Tampa Bay in there, man, and Tampa Bay's very good. But we also have a lot of Baltimore, and we play the Yankees, like you said, another time, another kick at that can. So. Yeah. And, and and those games against the Orioles, in my opinion, are vital. Like, this is the thing about the Jays that have just gotten to me, especially this season. We can beat the Rays. We can beat the Sox. We can beat the Yankees. But the one yeah. team in our division that we should absolutely beat is, seems to be the team that we, that we struggle against. 
Yes, exactly. And, and that, that sucks. But you know what? Baltimore, uh, I, we can we we can this is the time right this is the time and we have seven games I think it was remaining against them we can win like you said five or six of those seven pretty easy like it doesn't matter what's happened previously also Minnesota secretly is the worst team in the AL Central yep they're they're tied with Kansas City uh, at the bottom of that division so those are another couple per, perhaps gifts on the schedule that we can take advantage of so I'm actually kind of liking where the Blue Jays are it might come down to playing Tampa tough. 500 ball and then it's just going to come down to beating the Yankees man yeah exactly and and you know the last thing that we need is to allow the Orioles to play spoiler right I have a feeling that the Orioles are going to are going to play spoiler for someone in the AL East like looking at the rankings yeah. as of today uh September 9th um the Rays are number one 88-52, 629, winning percentage um, behind them is nine games behind. You have the Red Sox. Like, that's crazy when you take a look at that. And the Red Sox have 80 wins. Um, half a game behind them is the Yankees with 78 wins. And then a game and a half behind them are the Jays with 76 wins. Like, can you imagine? There's a possibility that we can end in fourth in this division with 90-plus wins. Yeah, it's happened before, man. Uh, we might have been third before the two wild yeah. card games, but I, we've missed the playoffs with 90 wins in this division before in my lifetime, for sure. Perhaps more than once, yeah. but uh, definitely at least once. But yeah, so the wild card in baseball now, instead of one team being the wild card, it's the top two teams play a head-to-head -head game. I actually kind of like that, although coming down to a single game after 162 is is a brutal beat. But anyway, so the wild card, the wild card standings right now are Boston leads. The Yankees are a half game behind Boston and Toronto is a game and a half. So uh, Toronto is a game and a half behind the Yankees. So they're, they're right there for that final spot. But it's like you said, they need to still make up some ground. They need to make up two games on the Yankees. Uh, to, to catch that spot. So it's very possible that we win 90 games and miss the playoffs, man. It, it could happen. That yeah. would suck. Ugh. That would be horrible. That would be just terrible. But at the same time, you know, again, I think that if you're a, and I hate saying this, but if you've, let me try to phrase this as best as humanly possible. If you've followed baseball for a very long time, you will understand that it is no like shitty thing and like the team doesn't suck or you know it's it's uh, you know not uh, Atkins and Shapiro didn't f up this season like you can't say that um but again like it, it's the reality is it's like just missing the playoffs is missing the playoffs right baseball still to this day is the hardest sport to get into the playoffs Absolutely, man. Yeah. One million percent. And it, it, in this division, it just it just weird how often it works out that so many teams peak at once. Like four of the best teams in the entire AL are in this division playing each other. And it's just crazy. But yeah, if you look at uh, the Jays run differential, they're closer to Tampa Bay and Houston than they are the rest of the wildcard teams and the teams that are looking to miss the playoffs. So I do think that the Jays are playing the type of baseball that they should be playing. They're winning the amount of games they should be winning right now. Obviously, like a seven-game winning streak is a little bit of an outlier, but this is the team. That, this is who we thought they were. The Jays are who we thought they were, Boris. That's exactly it. And oftentimes, the run differential, it's funny that you say that because I was going to bring this up. That stat is such an important stat after the 162 games. Like We still have a lot of baseball to play. Yeah, a couple weeks like, what, three, three and a half weeks left, but that run differential stat 
you know, is such an important stat to take a look at. And like you said, we're up there with like league leaders, right? So hopefully the stat of that stat me being meaningful is, uh, you know, comes true by the end of this uh, uh, season. Yes, there's basically a full month, almost exactly. The season ends October 3rd, which is pretty close to four weeks exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, a little, a little bit under a month. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll see what happens. But for those people who think, and this is why I love baseball, my two teams, I lived in L.A., I lived in, live in Toronto. My other team, my first team, are the Dodgers. And, of course... A division that is even crazier than the AL East is the NL West. Dude, a team can have 100 wins and not make the playoffs in the NL West. Absolutely insane. Like, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the San Francisco uh, Giants coming out of basically nowhere. Like, I guess I get that they're an up-and-down team, but I don't think anyone expected this no for them this season. No one this. pretty crazy. It, the, people were already giving the Padres the, the, the division. At the start of the season. Yeah, 100%. And, and kind of rightfully so. Like, Or the Dodgers, because obviously those two teams, on paper, I think those are the two best teams in baseball, full stop. Yeah. So, but if we take a look at the standings as they are today, this is just the NL West. The Giants with 90 wins, 643 winning percentage at first, two games behind them with 88 wins are the Dodgers. Um, and then you have the Padres 15 and a half behind the Giants with 74 wins. Crazy. Yeah, so the, the, the Padres are not the team that we were expecting, but the, the talent is such there that you, you know, they can get hot at any time. But yeah, what, what a race, and the Giants are crazy this year. Kevin Gossman, Cy Young contender. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's unreal. And like, like, let's be honest. I'm I'm a realistic fan. The Dodgers have poured in even more money since the trade deadline into the team, and you know it, the the Giants are still putting up a fight. You know they they seem to be splitting so many games with one another. Like it's, if you actually take a look at the division, it's like it's it's like WWE booking right now. It's fifty fifty within the division, and then outside of the division and everyone else, they're cranking every other team. And Colorado has been relegated to managing San Francisco down to the ring. They're not allowed to be an actual full-time MLB franchise <laughs> yep, they, they, anymore. They got their manager's license, and and that's all they can do. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, man, it's a crazy year. But, yeah, you, you brought up a good point. Especially after the trade deadline acquisitions, we should acknowledge that L.A., the Dodgers, are by far right now the best team on paper. Like, yeah. safely, after adding Trey Turner and Scherzer in one fell swoop, my goodness, that that's an all-star team on paper. It's disgusting how how like on paper how good they are, but unfortunately the Dodgers have the second worst manager in all of baseball, only behind <laughs> Toronto's own Charlie Montoyo. Yeah, a couple a uh, couple bad ones. At least Montoyo, you know, I'd love to have a beer with him. Seems like a good guy. Not that uh, Roberts doesn't, but I see way more of Montoyo. You know, I, I'm kind of cheering for him. I'm kind of pulling for him, despite the fact that I know objectively he's not uh, that good. But here's the thing, though, um, and, and and I know we're jumping back and forth with uh, Jays and, and NL West talk, but, you know, I'm all on the remove Montoyo train. In fact, I built that train. I, you know, <laughs> went out, caught the pieces of steel and, 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 and created that freaking train. But, 
you know, I feel like his connection with the young stars like of Laddie, that's what's going to keep him on the team. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, I, I think we've kind of touched on this before, but I think it will keep him on the team to a point, man. And that point, honestly, might be this season if they miss the playoffs. But if they go like 90, 95 wins and they just miss the playoffs because of circumstance, he'll, he'll probably get another year. So yep. you know what I, you know what I think? I, I think the barrier is 90, that nice round 90 number, no matter what. If he hits that, and they miss the playoffs, I bet he'll stick around just because, like you said, the players love him so much. But if they miss the playoffs and they don't even hit like an objectively huge number, like this is a this is a stepping stone. We're clearly taking the next step. I think he might. Yeah. You know, I, I think they, I, I think they might need a different uh, voice in the room, although the, the problem is the pitching staff. It's always been. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But. At the end of the day, right, you, you got to do the best with what you have. And Montoyo sometimes just doesn't go with his gut. He goes with analytics. And sometimes, more than often, like, why would you remove Ryu when he's at 80-something pitches in the sixth inning and just, like, acing it? Right? Like, yeah, man, yeah. I, I I think so many managerial decisions come down to like front office uh, manipulation, like numbers and such. Like, I don't think the managers do that much, but I do think like there are certain uh, defensive substitutions that could be made. There are certain like pitching uh, scenarios. I, I feel like he leaves certain guys in too long or left certain guys in too long. Uh he relied on Tyler Chatwood way too much. There are certain things that he does like that are his decision clearly that I think are poor yeah. objectively. Yeah. But he's such a good, he's such like a good people person and the guys seem to love him so much that I, I the, the problem, the main problem is not Montoya, although, uh, Montoya, although you could argue he is a problem. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this season. Personally, if the you know, I want the Jays to at least get ninety wins because back in the beginning of the season, when Jason Agnew and I were on the midweek rockout talking about the Jays, I said ninety wins. A lot of people said I was crazy. Nice. Oh, well, bring it on. I hope I hope we get it. But yeah, we should make the playoffs at ninety wins. I think. I do think the Red Sox and Yankees are cooling off, and one of them will fall below that plateau, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to quickly talk about the Hall of Fame yeah, before we get out of baseball? Exactly. That I was exactly going to segue into the Hall of Fame. So yesterday was the official Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I guess A Rod was the main guy on that uh, on that list. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, Jeets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jeets. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but but no, the the, the boy for all of us. Larry Walker. Exactly. SpongeBob pin and all Larry freaking Walker. <laughs> Congratulations, good old Canadian boy. So happy to see that he got in. Um, you know, I was I was a little I was uh, I, I was confident. I remember 2 years ago watching Tim and Sid um, you know, because they were covering this like direct. Um, I was I was confident that he would get in, but you know, you never know with 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 the MLB um, reporters, you just never know how they're going to vote. 
And it was his last year of eligibility, man. So the groundswell has been coming, but it had to happen this year because, yeah, with the MLB rules, like people are only eligible for so long on the ballot. Right. So, man, uh, it was it was a true underdog story for the Canadian boy, Larry Walker. But I love Larry Walker. He is the best one of the best players on Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball for Nintendo 64 man rakes speed defense i've always loved larry walker just uh, you know a good canadian lad playing in colorado with those purple jerseys how could you not love him yeah and it, it's crazy because you forget how good of a player he actually was right like it's it's he was so good especially for his time i think that like oh man if again can you imagine if the expos were able to keep even half the players that they brought up oh. through their system such a tragedy. The, the 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 real Montreal screw job was the MLB strike in nineteen ninety-four, <laughs> Boris. It's a real Montreal screw job, buddy. Yep. Yep. But even then the Expos screwed the Expos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's true. One hundred thousand percent true. Pedro gone. Randy gone. For you know, if if they would have had those level of prospects like today Montreal would still be a franchise because I feel like someone would be able to manage that a little better. They would have traded them right for the proper amount of prospects back. I, also, I think Montreal would have done. You know what? I also feel, I also feel like if they had the right people in charge, the expos could have kind of been like the, the rays of, of the nineties, right? Like, Tell me how the Rays are the Rays. How are they in first every season? How are they in contention every single season with literally losing their best players every few years? Like, you know, not that Snell makes a team, but, you know, that that's a huge loss. And you look if you look at their pitching, it's as if he's still there, if not they're better without him. It's disgusting how good the Rays are. And then you look at their attendance and it's like, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago they got the lowest attendance ever without COVID restrictions. That was like under 5K. Oh, man. Yeah, that's really sad. Hopefully we live in a world, Boris, where within the next five to ten years, the Tampa Bay Rays move to Montreal and become the Expos. And the Arizona Coyotes in the NHL move to Quebec City and become the Nordiques 2.0. Let's yep. run them both back, buddy. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, day one, week one, NFL season. Dude, here we are. Longest yes. season ever. Let, like, okay, before we talk about the actual season itself, let's talk about this. Uh, how do you feel about the extra game? I kind of scummy. It's got. It kind of hurts. Uh, you know, it, it's just dumb. It, it's clearly they're they're building to eighteen. Yeah, I think because seventeen is such a weird like number. But the sixteen games was like a tradition for so long. And it worked out so well with 32 teams in the NFL, 16 games. I just like it was so nice. I think they're just going to continue to add more and more and more games to this because it's such a huge money making industry. Boris. How could how could they not? Right? When content rules, when the WWE can make a billion dollars over five years. Right. Like, what do you imagine the NFL can do in their with their con TV contracts and even more so their streaming contracts? You split up TV and streaming. You can rake in billions of dollars each. Yeah, exactly, man. So, yeah, the NFL is going to continue doing this. I understand why, but it is scummy. This is the hardest, uh, most physical sport in Look. the world. People get hurt, like, dangerously injured, like, life-altering injuries yeah. literally every week. So, man, it's, it, it's like, intense. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's very scummy. But Look, you knew at, that the NFL— 
and their owners, including Jackson's owner, <clears throat> did, don't care about the players when they added the Thursday game. That Thursday game was the scummiest thing that they could have done. Like, especially for the teams that play Sunday, Thursday. Like, what the hell is that type of thing, right? What's that raw deal? And I think we're going to see more of this. I honestly think we're going to start, as we move into 18 games, we are going to see a Saturday schedule start to happen regularly. Yeah, the only thing that was hurting that previously was the NCAA college football. And I do think... That it's going to be weird with with college football, but NCAA sports are taking a massive hit yep. over the next few years, and college football is going to undergo a massive restructuring itself. So we don't even know what college football is going to look like in the next five to ten years. Now there will always be an NFL development system, and I I assume it's going to be the NCAA in some form for the next two decades at least, probably. You know, but. Uh, Man, it's really hard to say, like, if college football is just going to dominate Saturdays in perpetuity. I don't think that's the case. I don't think case. so. I think that's going to change 100%. Like, it's kind of sad, though, because, like, traditionally we had Friday Night Lights, high school football Friday, college Saturday, and then the, the pros on the Sunday, right? Um, but now, because of TV, because of payments, because of God, so many reasons why, um, you know, it's just, it's it's things are changing. And, Matt, what would you think is the number one thing that's changing college football? Like, why are we saying that in the next like couple especially decade or so it's going to change a lot like what do you think has changed the most well the big thing was the uh the college athletes now being able to make money off their names and likenesses right that's the huge thing that's that's going to lead to hopefully video games and all these things coming back and athletes being able to sell their jerseys and all this stuff but it could also lead to crippling a lot of the small time schools it could also lead to a lot of like it could become, I don't know, it's really up up in the air what could happen now from this point forward. Like, that's a complete and total game changer. Yep. So it's just a complete reshuffling of the deck, and it's really hard to say what does happen to the NCAA. I think, like, college basketball being significantly less popular than college football is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, 100%. College, college football, I think, lasts forever. And college basketball will too, but it might be a lot closer to how college basketball looked in the 1960s and 50s than it looked in like the heyday of like the 80s with like Georgetown and like, you know, even the 70s and like the the huge UCLA teams. Boris, you probably know about them. Yep. Yep. Oh, Anyways, sadly. yeah. <laughs> It's going to be very interesting to see what happens to football anyway. But one point that I do want to make is we can't sit here in too much judgment because we both love football and we we will both eat this season up with a spoon. You know what I mean? I'm going to be watching tonight. So it's not like I could be like, like the NFL's evil. Although I do kind of think that they're scummy and I do kind of think that they're evil. I'm going to be watching every Thursday. I'm going to be watching every sa uh, Sunday. And if they do Saturday games, I'm going to watch them too. Yep, exactly. Um, so we'll see what happens with the NFL and the NCAA and all that. And we are going to move the, the other football football. And that is because we are in the middle of, of World Cup qualifying all around the world. Everyone talks about UEFA because that's where the big boys play, it seems. A lot of people talk about Conan Bowl because that's the South American teams, your Argentinas, your Brazil. We're going to talk about a little bit of a CONCACAF. That is where Canada and the U.S. play. Um, so essentially, the way that the qualifying works right now is there are eight teams. And you, it's a round robin. And the top three make it into the World Cup. Fourth place goes into uh, like a, another pool. 
So after the first set of games, which is three games, number one is Mexico with seven points, Canada at number two with five points, and then the USA at number three with five points. Dude, this is huge for Canada. The fact that we were able to get a road uh, tie against the U.S. in the U.S., hence the road tie, um, that that honestly could give us the key into making the World Cup in 2022. Uh, that's amazing. Definitely glad to hear that. Yeah, came, coming off a big win last night over uh, El Salvador. Canada's looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Didn't even have Davies for that game. Exactly. Our our, our young wonderkind uh, uh, Davies was injured against the U.S., so they sent them back to Germany to get evaluated and to, hear, and to heal. So hopefully he'll be back for the next round of games, which I believe is in November. But, uh, yeah, you know, overall, we did not do too bad against uh, Honduras, El Salvador, and the U.S. Five points out of a possible nine. Let's freaking do it. Let's freaking take it. Uh, um, you know, I'm super like the game that I'm looking forward to the most is against Mexico. Um, you know, it's, it's that it's Mexico is Mexico. I really want, I can't wait for that. And obviously the return um, against the U.S. because it is essentially a one away game, one road road game, one home game against these seven teams. So we'll see what happens. But. You know, right now, as it stands, Canada is in second. As it stands, we're making the World Cup in Qatar. First time since 1986 that we could get into the World Cup. And I think if we do get into the World Cup in 2022, it'll really help us to get the automatic entry for 2026 when Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. host the World Cup. Yeah, it'll be nice to make back-to-back tournaments because, yeah, we're sneaking in the back door in 2026, like you said. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm uh, I'm very enthused for where they're at. And like you said, like without Alfonso Davies, we're still cranking the teams that we should be cranking. And that's very it's a very good sign. We seem to be a complete team, seem to be on the right track. And we just got to, you know, got to keep firing. It'll be interesting. You said the next round's in November, right? Yep. Another three games set in November. I don't have who we're facing in front of me, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see um, who how how that fares. And like you know, Canada, our team is so young, and the one number one thing that for me is we said it about the Jays, and it's more so important with Canada. We got to beat the teams that we should beat. Yeah, a hundred thousand percent, man. Uh, yeah. So I just uh, I was trying to load it up. Do you know the exact rules? Like how many teams? Because there's a certain amount of teams that automatically qualify, and then I think it's the fourth place team. I yep. think the top three teams in yep. Concacaf qualify, and the fourth place team has to play the winner of the Oceania yep. League, right? Yep, that's what I set a, a top so right now it's a top three mexico canada u.s right now as it stands panama number four would face in right. a in a playoff series against the oceania do you know who it would be currently sorry just yeah just no i don't know who it would be and dot the eyes no, no I, not right now i think that they've just started their qualifying so i don't know who it would be Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, they all start at, at different times. Eh? Yeah. The OFC, I guess, with, with fewer teams, we kind of put that off till the end, right? Yep, exactly. That's exactly it. So we'll see. Yeah, so actually, yeah, I'm ju- I just loaded this up. It looks like the OFC has not even started yeah. yet. They haven't even officially named dates yet. Yep, exactly. That's that's what I was kind of gathering. I know UEFA is underway. I know that uh, Conan Bowl is underway. So that's South America and CONCACAF just because there's so many games, right? Like <laughs> it's it's 14 games. 
Yes, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry to. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to, you know, really gotta, put the we finer. We got cross T's dot eyes on this show. Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. right. All right. Now let's talk about my fantasy football team for the next three hours. Starting with no, I'm just kidding. But I am going to be talking a lot about Kyler Murray this year. Kyle Pitts, like I said, Boris, I have a lot of young guns on this fantasy team. It's a 16-team uh, fantasy league, deep, deep benches, 17-man rosters. So I had to, I had to take a lot of lottery tickets in this draft. But I'm liking where, uh, I'm liking where the teams are at. And before we uh, get out of sports talk, should we talk about the Dolphins a little bit? Dolphins are looking pretty sneaky. They're looking sneaky. I think they're I think they're going to be the surprise of the entire NFL, not just the AFC East. I think they're going to be surprising a lot of people. Yeah. I do think so. They can they can challenge Buffalo. Although Buffalo is the best team in this division on paper by far, I think they can challenge Buffalo. So yeah, myself and uh, my roommate Fleetwood Brown, we usually uh, we do written NFL picks. We've done that for the last couple of years over at uh, my website sportsfap.com. Uh, we're going to be doing picks of some kind. I'm not sure if we're going to be writing out every NFL game pick this year. We might try to do like a, a mini podcast or a mini YouTube. But yeah, uh, if you want to hear more NFL talk out of us, we do some kind of we, we last couple of years. We've done like a jokey article, like picking the games. And you know what? We're actually pretty good at it. Fleetwood's pretty dang good. He, he's uh, he knows his football big time kicks my ass in the picks. But I, I, I finished I finished all right as well. Yep. 